as you can see, I think, is something that uh, every Christian should have, but that most of us uh, struggle with, if you're like me. There may be some some out there who do not, but I, I feel like, uh, on average, uh, most Christians probably struggle with being bold or courageous at, at different times in their life, and so... I thought that would be uh, something good for us to talk about. I generally like to preach about stuff. If it's not a, a, a sermon request on the sheet, uh, I generally like to pick something that I think would be beneficial for me uh, and, and hope it's beneficial for you as well. Um, and so when you think about this idea of boldness or courage, there's really when you look at the Bible, it seems like there's kind of two areas of this right the one is boldness and confidence between us and God and that's really not what we're going to be talking about this morning but but uh, you know that is the what we see is described in in scriptures is us being confident or, or bold towards coming to God uh, and 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 coming to him with requests and and in our prayers uh, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 12, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Uh, Ephesians 4.16, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Uh, and in, again in Hebrews chapter 10, therefore brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us, through the curtain, that is, through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Uh, and then John in 1 John chapter 4, By this love perfected with us, by this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. And so this is one realm of confidence. And I believe that the, the two realms of boldness or confidence are kind of intertwined, right? Our confidence in God and in his promises and, and in uh, our ability to access him through prayer and our, our confidence that he hears those prayers and will help us uh, is really essential for us to have the other type of boldness that that we're going to spend the remainder of the lesson talking about. And that is our, our boldness or courage that we show towards the world, right, or towards other people. Um, and so I don't think that there's really a lot of confusion or disagreement that this is something that God requires from his people, that we be bold towards others. Uh, that we be uh, courageous in, in living a life as a Christian. I think everyone will agree that that's something God requires of us. Uh, in, in Revelation chapter 21, uh, it's pretty plainly stated there, the one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, and as for murderers, the sexually immoral sorcerers, idolaters and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. And so you've got this list here of uh, some what we would call some pretty bad sins and, and what is thrown in there with that list 
but cowardly and faithless uh, are, are the first two things listed there in in verse eight. And those two things kind of go hand in hand, don't they? Uh, a lot of times, if we are uh, acting in a cowardly way, uh, from a from a Christian standpoint, it's got a lot to do with our faith, and our faith is probably weak. And so, again, I don't think that that there's really a lot of of confusion about this being a requirement for us as God's children. I think it's more the the application of it in our lives that that can be the struggle for us. And it's really always been a requirement for God's people. Uh, I pick up here in Deuteronomy chapter 31 where Moses is is basically kind of handing off the leadership to the Israelites, to Joshua, and they're about to enter the land of Canaan. But but think about even before that. Um, think about Noah. You go all the way back to Noah. Did, did Noah have to uh, be bold in following God's commandments to build the ark? Yeah, he did. He was kind of an odd man out doing that. You can see that um, in the text when you read that. Uh, and then you get to Abraham, same thing. He had to be bold and courageous to follow the commandments of God, to, to be a godly person uh, in, in the world that he was living in. And, and so always followers of God ha- have needed to be bold and courageous. It's not, uh, it, it's not something that uh, would be mainstream, as we use that term in, in the class this morning. Uh, you're always going to kind of be the the odd man out if you're a follower of God because God's way is different than the world's way. Uh, And so a few verses here uh, that just kind of continue to show us uh, that it's always been a requirement. Uh, Again, picking up there in Deuteronomy 31, Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the sight of all of Israel, Be strong and courageous. For you shall go with this people into the land that the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall put them in possession of it. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. And so that encouragement that that Moses is giving to Joshua really comes from God. Those are the words God wanted Moses to tell Joshua. Uh, and, and that's what Joshua was going to have to be to accomplish the, the tasks ahead of him and to, to bring Israel into Canaan and overtake that land. Uh, they were going to have to be uh, strong and courageous and bold. And, and that story of Joshua is always, if you read through that, you know, that's a good time for Israel. Uh, you, can, you can just kind of feel it in the words that you read, the, the success that they were having, their attitudes were... Uh, attitudes of courage and attitudes of boldness, and you can see that, that the results that came from that were positive. Uh, in the in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. It's just a, a little one-verse snapshot that comes just before Paul starts to talk about the armor of God, right? And, and Paul goes through... Uh, kind of some tools that we have that will help us to be strong and courageous and to be bold in this <clears throat> in this world and in our in our battle against uh, Satan and and the powers that try to pull us away from God. Uh, in Philippians chapter one, 
verses 27 and 28, Paul, in his encouragement to the Philippians there, says, Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you, that you're standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God. And so, you know, here in Paul's encouragement to the Philippians, we can learn a little bit of, of the reasons why it's important to God that his children um, are bold and are courageous. And, and it's part of the reason behind that is it's, it's a sign to those who are not children of God uh, that, that maybe they need to be, uh, that, that the situation they're in is not the situation they need to be in. And so we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, later in the lesson. But again, these three passages, along with a, a multitude of the rest of the Bible, can, can show us that people of God are required by God to, to be bold and to be courageous uh, in this life here on earth. We also have uh, some instructions about how not to be. Uh, besides the fact of, of what we just looked at that shows us how to be, uh, we've got some pretty clear instructions about how not to be. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 35 through 39, says, Therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. For yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith, and if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and persevere their soul and preserve their souls and so again this is just one passage where we see that this idea of being uh, cowardly or shrinking back or, or, or pulling back from being a follower of God or, or standing up for his righteousness and, and his commandments is something that God doesn't want us doing you know that's displeasing to him uh, and and we certainly don't want to be that way. And so, why that you know that kind of begs the question: Why does God expect boldness and confidence? And you know, we can come up with a whole list of reasons why. I think uh, the passage we read in the previous slide again shows up one of shows us one of the reasons that uh, it's a when we're bold and when we're courageous. Uh, and when we do things according to God's will that may be uh, different from, from what the world expects and it may bring uh, persecution to us, that that's really a, a clear sign to them uh, of what God's will is versus what God's will is not. And so, you know, that's one of the reasons uh, that God expects his people to be bold and confident. Uh, is to basically show what is right and what is wrong through our actions and through our teachings. What um, what happens? 
And, and just think about it. I think we all know just from living life, but, but even think about it in the movies. When you have someone in the movies who is bold and courageous and, and doing something valiant and difficult in a task, what, what does that do from a leadership standpoint? Usually people want to follow that, right? It, it kind of draws people to that, and people want to, to, to follow that guy or that girl who, who is living their life in a bold and courageous way, who's confident in the things that they're doing. And, and so you think about the opposite of that. If you've got someone who, who is uh, timid and pulls back and, and half-heartedly you know, doing things, you know, people don't really become drawn to that type of person and so I think that another another reason God expects his his people to be bold and and confident in their salvation and in the the message that God has given us is is simply because that helps to spread that message and helps to spread salvation around it causes people to wonder you know how is he able to be that way why can he act like that under those difficult circumstances and so it really helps us to be a, a light to those that we're interacting with. Um, whereas if, if we, what's the song say, if we hide our light under a bushel, that's not going to do any good, right? Nothing, nothing uh, good is going to come from that. And so, again, that's just a couple of reasons why I believe God expects us to be bold and confident uh, in our service to Him here on this earth. So let's uh, think a minute about the apostles. Uh, were the apostles superheroes? Did they have special powers that made them be bold? Was that one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? I see John shaking his head. No, they didn't really, did they? They had some special powers, but it wasn't uh, the special power of, of boldness uh, that, that really came upon them when you look at scriptures and so you know think about before his resurrection they certainly uh were not superheroes you've got peter who who walked on water but then began to fear and started sinking uh you've got all of them forsaking jesus when jesus was arrested um but but after his resurrection we see a different group of guys right we see guys who are uh, more confident uh, Acts chapter 4 says when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus and so this is a little bit of what I was saying about how boldness gets people's attention right uh, these Jewish leaders saw that, that Peter and John were just ordinary guys fishermen untrained, uh, not not part of the religious uh, leaders of that time, and yet here they are boldly teaching uh, religious things. And so, you know, that, that drew attention to them. And so they were bold there in Acts chapter 4, uh, and then later in that chapter, after they've been arrested and, and, and released again, and they go back to, to the group of disciples there, they pray for even more boldness says uh, in verse 29 of Acts 4, And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed 
through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with all boldness. And so, you know, here they prayed for extra boldness. And and I believe God helped them with that and gave them uh, what they asked for in that so that they could, could withstand the persecutions that were coming uh, their way. But, again, don't think of them as having something that we can't have. Uh, we can pray for boldness. I don't know that the room will start shaking. But we can pray for boldness and we can confidently expect God to give us that boldness and to give us that courage uh, to be able to, to stand up uh, for the things that, that are right in His sight. But what happened as time progressed? You know, again, you've got these apostles here uh, being extra bold, it seems like. Uh, but it seemed like it, as time kind of progressed, they they began to struggle with some of the same things that we do at times. Uh, this instance in Galatians chapter 2 that we talked about in, in Andrew's class on Sunday mornings, uh, when it says, When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. So, again, you've got Peter and and some of these other uh, disciples who were strong followers of God, strong uh, Christians who had been out uh, preaching and, and had shown boldness at other times in their life. Uh, here you've got them not being bold, right? And kind of pulling back and being fearful because of uh, some of the persecutions that came from the, the Jewish uh, people. Uh, in Second Timothy chapter 4 and verse uh, 16, we see some of the people who followed uh, along with Paul who were kind of his fellow workers. Uh, says, At my first defense, no one came to stand by me, but all deserted me. May it not be charged against them. And so the, these people who had been with Paul and had seen Paul's boldness and confidence, and I'm sure had been bold and confident at times uh, during their lives, found themselves at a time when, when they deserted Paul. And, and again, it was because of uh, persecutions and difficult situations that they kind of pulled back and uh, you know I only bring up these two passages for us to see that the apostles and the early Christians I believe had the same fears and concerns and, and social pressures that we experience today uh, you know theirs were very likely more intense than what we experience today but but they had those same pressures, and, and, and we can look to them and see that they had boldness and courage during those times, and, and they were confident in uh, what they were doing, and, and that helped them to be bold. And so, you know, that, that brings up the question, how were they able to be courageous? How were they able to be bold and confident under the pressures that they were under, and and how can we be the same way? And I think that one of the ways they were able to do that uh, was through being uh, inspired by the examples of others. 
Uh, just We can be inspired by the examples of the apostles or we can be inspired by the examples that, that they were inspired by, the stories of the Old Testament. Uh, and there's, there's story after story all through the Old Testament that, that show us people of God uh, withstanding difficult circumstances uh, because of their faith in God and their belief in God. Uh, and I just wanted to look at a handful of those uh, and let let that be maybe some reminder or inspiration for us because I believe that's, that's part of how uh, the early Christians and the apostles were able to have the boldness that they did. Uh, they had seen God's promises played out in the Old Testament stories uh, and, and had confidence that it would be the same for them. In Daniel chapter 3, uh, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which I know uh, we're probably all very familiar with, it says, Nebuchadnezzar answered and said to them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I've set up? Now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, pipe, lyre, trigon, harp, bagpipe, and every kind of music, to fall down and worship the image that I've made, well and good. But if you do not worship, you shall immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If this this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. And so, you you can um, see it in that story very plainly. You know, extreme situation that they find themselves in. And their confidence in God allows them to be bold towards King Nebuchadnezzar. They know that, you know, they're not going to bow down to any other god except God. And and they tell Nebuchadnezzar that in the face of, of the death penalty. Um, and again, stories like that, I believe God has given us to to be uh, encouragement for us and inspiration for us. Uh, to have the same mindset that no matter what circumstance we find us ourselves in, we stick with God and we stick with what's right uh, and, and know that, that that's going to be uh, the best thing for us. <clears throat> the story of David and Goliath is the same thing. We see this same attitude uh, from David. In First Samuel chapter 17, it says, In the Philistine, that's Goliath, the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his God. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day... The Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves not with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, 
he will give you into our hand. So, you know, how can you read that without being inspired and encouraged and, and without being motivated to, to think about your service to God, your trust in God, and, and your confidence in God uh, to be similar to David's and like his? You know, that, that should get you fired up and, and should bolden you to, to know that God is on your side. He's on my side. Uh, we can trust in him and we can we can live our life in a way that we confidently follow God's commandments in the face of opposition, that we, we are confident in telling others about uh, Jesus and about uh, the plan of salvation that God has for everyone and, and not be afraid or, or cowardly in doing that. Uh, Esther, in the book of Esther, uh, chapter 4 and verse 16, again, Esther basically takes a very bold step uh, here and risks her life uh, for the sake of, of doing what is right to try to save God's people. Esther uh, says in verse 16, Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So, you know, Esther's attitude was, I'm going to do what's right even if it, if it costs me my life. And so, you know, all of these stories, I believe, are, are really given to us to, to motivate us and, and help us uh, with our confidence in God's ability to keep his promises, to care for his people, uh, and, and in return, that, that should cause us, uh, give us the ability to be bold. <clears throat> so, you know, besides these stories that we've been reading that can be inspiration for us, these characters of the Old Testament, uh, what else can help us to have boldness in our, our service to God and, and in our everyday life? Uh, I think, you know, one of the the number one things is a strength or strong belief in faith. You know, we have to fully believe in what God has promised us, and we have to rely on that and know uh, that He can keep those promises. Uh, that that's, you know, you look at the life of Paul, and that's what these two passages in Second Timothy chapter four show us. Paul was 100% on board and 100% trusted in God's promises. And that allowed him to be bold. Uh, 2 Timothy 4 and verse 8, he says, Henceforth there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Later on in that chapter, verse 18, it says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed, and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so, I know everyone in here is a, a good Bible student and recognizes what's going on here. Paul writing this letter to Timothy is, is in uh, prison. He's certain that, that his life is about to come to an end. He doesn't have much more time left on this earth. And he he's still being bold uh, about... Uh, what he's doing, even in the circumstances he's in. And he's he's bold because he is 100% convinced that God has a place waiting for him, that there's a reward waiting for him. 
uh, and that he has lived his life in a way that he's going to receive that reward. And that, again, this isn't some uh, superhero guy. This is, this is the same attitude that we can have and that God expects us to have. He wants us operating in the same way and, and feeling the same way, uh, doing those same things. Uh, another thing that we see Paul uh, getting boldness from or, or a thing that we see helping to, to boost Paul's courage and boldness uh, is prayer from, other, from the other brethren and, and prayer himself. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20, uh, and Paul writing to them says, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And so Paul here asking that the Ephesian brethren pray that he would have boldness, that, that he can deliver the message that he's supposed to deliver uh, that he he will not pull back from that, or or uh, you know not hold back part of it, but that he would he would deliver all of the words that God wants him to deliver. Um, and again, I think everyone here understands part of what he's saying is that it, it's going to probably bring him more trouble, right? By him saying those things, uh, it's not going to help help him uh, with the situation he's in. Uh, but he's asking for them to pray that he can still be bold even under those circumstances. And so, <clears throat> strengthening our belief and our faith, um, praying for boldness, asking our brethren to pray for uh, for boldness for ourselves, and then simply uh, encouragement from others. Uh, and by others, you know, I'm thinking about fellow brethren. You know, Paul, I think, relied on that uh, at different times to help get him through some of the difficult circumstances he found himself in. Philippians chapter 1, starting in verse 3, says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all, for you all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. And so you can continue reading through the book of Philippians and you can see that Paul's relationship with those Philippian brethren was something that gave him strength and encouragement and something that helped him to be uh, more bold in, in the things that, that he was doing. And so I think that, again, that is another area that we can gain strength from or that can help us in, in our efforts to be bold and courageous as a servant of Christ is by simply you know, gaining encouragement from others. And that encouragement, again, can come through prayer or it can come through uh, seeing others being bold, right? Like, like we said at the beginning, when you see someone else putting that into action, uh, it, it can kind of uh, motivate you to be that same way. <clears throat> All right, so 
had just a, a couple of things here, and this is my, my last slide, uh, but a couple of things that can hinder us from being bold in our, in our uh, life every day as Christians. And, and one of the things that I, I thought of is this lack of putting things into practice. Um, and I feel like boldness comes with confidence, right? And confidence comes with putting things into practice and seeing it be successful. So I think we can all understand that in our lives. A lot of times our, our fear or, or, or our uncertainty comes from the unknown of how it's going to turn out, right? Uh, and so I feel like as Christians, a lot of times we, we may hesitate to, to act in a certain way because we, we perceive that it's not going to turn out right or, or turn out like we would want it to. Uh, and so... I think a lot of times it just requires us to have faith to do that, to put that in practice, to, to be bold and courageous, and, and, and it'll turn out better than what we think a lot of times. Uh, and, and as we do that, as we put things into practice, as we see uh, those things being successful, our confidence will, will grow stronger and, and our boldness will, will grow stronger in turn. Uh, the other thing that I had uh, is simply our love of the world, which, you know, again, it, it comes down to social pressures, I think, are, are the reasons why we most often are not bold in proclaiming uh, Christ to others. It's, others is simply because of, of social pressures that we feel. Um, being a follower of God usually going to make you the odd man out, as I've already said, because the bulk of the world is not concerned with God's will, not concerned with being a follower of God. And so uh, we can see in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 4, Paul mentions Demas, who, who evidently had uh, some struggles with this. It says, For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Uh, and so Demas had been one of Paul's fellow companions, and it seems like the love of the world had pulled him away from that, and he had gone somewhere else and left Paul uh, to do the work without him. Uh, again, this, this loving the world and being concerned about what the world thinks about me uh, can really inhibit our ability to be bold. Uh, we talked about that in, in this class uh, at 9 o'clock. Uh, in Galatians chapter 6, Paul talks about he's crucified the world. Right, he doesn't care what the world thinks about him, and and when you can fully adopt that attitude, uh, when you when you fully become unconcerned about the world thinking uh, something bad about you because you're a follower of Christ, you instantly can have much more boldness than you had when you were worried about the world, and so. I think that that, that is uh, probably one of the main things that we can do to help bolster our, our courage and our boldness and uh, being a follower of Christ is, is just to not care about what the world thinks. <clears throat> That's really the lesson that I had uh, for us this morning. Again, a lot of that, the, the passages that we had are, are stories and scriptures that we're all very familiar with, but I hope that... If nothing else, it was a, a reminder or some encouragement for us to, to
to remember that God expects us to be bold. He expects us to be courageous uh, in following Him. And that He's made us promises that He's there to help us in that. And, and that there's a reward that comes from being that way. And so uh, we're about to sing number 263, Is Thy Heart Right With God? And that uh, is a, a perfect song not only to sing... In, in considering making the decision to be a, become a Christian, but, but in examining your life as a Christian, uh, to, to be sure that your heart is what it's supposed to be. And so uh, this morning, as we offer the invitation to anyone who's never obeyed the gospel to become a Christian or offer the, the opportunity for a Christian to who may realize that they've not uh, been living as they should and need to make those things right, we, we ask that you let that be known as we stand and sing. Have thy affections been nailed to